Welcome to the seventh episode of Ask the Water Polo Goalie. If this is your first time here, my name is Glenn Bush, and I'm the assistant coach and the goalie coach at UCSD. Now, this podcast is me answering anything and everything to do with being a goalie or coaching a goalie. I'll answer anything else water polo related from the goalie perspective, and also just my perspective as a longtime player, coach, and general fan of the sport. If you have a question, you can email me at thewaterpolagoalie at gmail.com. There's a link down in the show description, or just the email will be down in the show description, so you don't have to worry about writing it down right now. And down in the show description, there's also a link to leave an audio recording of your message. If you choose to leave me an audio recording, I'll use your voice in the upcoming episode when I answer your question. And before we get going, if you're finding value in this podcast, please leave me a rating review in your favorite podcast player. I know that within Apple Podcasts that it helps other people discover the show. And so with that out of the way, the question I'm going to answer this week is how to read a one-on-nobody, or as some people like to say, a one-on-one, since you, the goalie, are not a nobody. You are someone special, and gosh darn it, people like you. And I'm going to focus the question on how do you know if a field player is going to go for an off-the-water quick shot and staying horizontal, or when they're going to drop their hips, pick the ball up, uh, rear back for a more vertical, powerful shot. And for both those scenarios, I'm going to cover how you're going to play them. And this goes without saying, you know, these are situational reads. And like all situational reads, it's going to be different each time. The stuff I'm going to outline are just guidelines. You know, they're not hard and fast rules. These are just patterns that tend to repeat. And they give you a base from which to work from and to build your foundation from. And the thing with these kind of one-on-one, one-on-nobody type shots is it's just like a penalty shot. The field player is supposed to score this. Now, it's not as high percentage as the penalty shot, but still, a field player versus a goalie should go the field player's way more times than not. So everything I outlined below is to force the field player to make the perfect shot or to get them to rush a shot and take the shot they didn't want to take. And doing all that improves your odds of getting the save or forcing them to miss. And of course, it's going to look really great for you if you get that save. But you should know that if the field player misses it, misses the cage, misses you, just misses the shot outright, that's on you doing your job. And just imagine how embarrassing it is for the field player who misses that one-on-nobody shot or just misses the cage. Sometimes the bigger psychological win pays off later in the game. What happens maybe later in the game if that same field player is on a breakaway shot and they overthink it because they miss so badly the first time around? So the two big things to pay attention to are the attacking player's distance from the cage and how far away is the closest defender, your teammate. For distance from the cage, the shot selection starts to materialize around kind of the five meter line. Again, this is a guideline, so you might start seeing these signals at six six meters or at four meters. If they reach the five meter line and they're still in a full out sprint, they're still horizontal, and they have a body length or less lead on their defender, it's most likely going to be a quick off the water or wrist uh, type of shot. In this situation, they usually don't have time to drop their hips, pick the ball up and bring it back safely to get a shot off. Slowing down to do all that allows their defender to get right up on them and they could jack slot their arm if they try bringing it back. Now I say usually because better players might be able to get their hips beneath them quickly or just even kind of out of the three quarters position and move laterally to get away from the defender and move themselves kind of to a center cage and just move themselves for a better shot. 
Now they probably still can't bring their arm all the way back. So it'll be kind of a half wrist, half full arm shot, but that's just knowing the situation and knowing the player. But even if regardless, if you're playing, you know, that good player, that's going to be able to move laterally or just a player comes straight at you with the defender on the back, you're going to play the situation the same way. If your read is it's going to be a quick off the water shot or a wrist shot, you know, you will drop your hips to a vertical position. As they're swimming in, you know, you're in your classic 45 degree angled base position. When they hit that five to six meter line and they're still horizontal, they're still coming at you full speed and that defender's close on them, you're going to drop your hips into that vertical position and get lighter on your hands. If your legs are strong enough, you can be fully on your legs in this position and not really using your hands, but don't bring your hands out just yet. If you expose your hands out of the water too early, you're tipping off the shooter on your positioning and giving them vital information on how to beat you. But there will be a point where you bring your hands out. Like all of this, it comes with practice and working on your timing. Essentially, as they get closer, your legs turn faster and faster. You keep building your height out of the water. Your hands will come up and you will bring them up with your arms into a neutral position. And what I mean by a neutral position, and the best example I can come up with for you to think about is, have you seen the movie Beavis and Butthead do America? This is what Beavis does with his arms when he's cornholio. I know who I'm dating myself with that reference. So I'm also going to put a link into the show description uh, from my website with some good pictures of Ashley Johnson with her hands and arms up in a neutral position. And if I can kind of describe it, you know, your elbows are about shoulder height and your forearms are up in like a field goal position and your hands are strong and flared facing forward and facing the shooter. Your arms are taking a big amount of space, but they're still in a great position to cover the remaining holes and to kind of shoot wherever that ball is going. So as that field player or as the opposing player swims closer, you get higher, your hands and arms come up, and you then you start moving forward to cut the angle down. The goal with your timing is to be as high as possible that you can reasonably maintain that height and be as big as possible at the point where they were planning on shooting. If they stay horizontal for a quick shot and they come up against you at your peak height and size, they'll potentially get flustered and they'll see that cage behind you start diminishing and their angles going away. And so they might rush their shot and take a poorer shot, knowing that they need to get a shot off before either you collapse on them or your teammate catches up to him from behind. For the better field players that are able to drop their hips a bit and move laterally, you would do the same moves. This is the point of not getting too high too soon. You still have strength left in your legs to move laterally with them. You won't move as well, but at least you can move with them. This simple act can put you in a position to get a finger and make the save on a poorly shot ball. If they move laterally and they make a great shot, it's going to be tough to get it. You're just trying to force them to take that shot. Also, if your hands aren't out too far too quickly, you can bring them down. So if they're still kind of close to that water, you can bring them back down to the water and get a quick skull, get a quick push and pull to put yourself in front of that shooter as they move laterally. But again, field players are supposed to score this. You're just trying to keep yourself in a good position or a decent position to block poorly placed shots and force them to make good ones. And being able to stay with those better players as they move laterally is why you need to work on heavy weighted lateral movements. If you can stay with a field player moving laterally with your hands out and heavy on your legs, 
Just think how that might fluster a shooter running out of time as your teammates close them out. Uh, some common errors I see is once the goalie knows it's going to be a quick wrist shot or an off the water shot, they lunge up to get as high as possible. You know, they get out to their suit and they're showing off just how high they can get. But they do this too soon, giving the field player better information on how to beat them. And by lunging up too high and too soon, they get to a point where their legs can't keep them up for the duration of the shot. The field player can time it and catch you sinking and put away a high corner wrist shot and not really be challenged on where they need to put that ball. And when you lunge up too high too early, you can't walk forward and cut the angle down. You're left with falling forward, which a field player will just, they'll just think the ball around you or over you. Uh, another thing I see, I see goalies bring their hands up too high too soon. Again, this gives a shooter important information early about your body position. I see goalies get the timing down right, but they bring their arms and hands straight up as high as they can get them. And I think this has to do with them trying to show everyone how high they can leg up. But when you're a straight line like this, your armpits and low shots are wide open and you're going to get beat low. It's tough to bring your hands from a really locked out straight up position and sweep them low to close that ball out. Now you could be thinking, well, I'll start high and then I'll close low. I'll bait them into shooting low. And this works for a while and it works at lower levels. Varsity high school and college and higher levels, you know, this is going to be sniffed out quickly by the better players and hopefully by every coach, and they'll just gonna have their players show a low shot and then bust you high as you bring your arms low. I'm a big believer in being as relaxed as possible in the goal, being in the right position at the right time, and forcing the shooter to make the perfect shot. Let them make the mistakes. Don't help them out by giving away body position or overextending yourself. Now I'm gonna talk about the other read uh, for how you do for a rear back shot after this quick message from our sponsor. The other way to read this situation is the field player has a body length lead or more on your defender, on your teammate. The more space, the more likely they're going to drop their hips and rear back into a normal shooting position. Usually heading into the five meter line, they start to slow down and because they're going to bring their hips into that transition period. You know, another big tell is they put their hand on top of the ball. They may take another stroke with the ball, but they're about to use the ball as a tool to help pop them up and pop their hips underneath them so they can get into a shooting position quickly. To be fair, a field player might put their hand on top of the ball when they're about to do an off the water shot or a wrist shot. But by the time they do this, they are so close to you and the goal that they know it's going to be a quick shot. Plus you have all those other reasons we talked about, defender being close, all that stuff. But back to this, you know, once they put that hand on that ball, once they've started slowing down, now, they're usually going to pop around four meters. Could be a little bit closer, could be a little bit further away. And depending on how big of a lead they have, that's going to determine how much time they have to pump fake or to move laterally to get you out of position and to improve their angle. Field players prefer getting into this position versus an off the water shot. You know, it gives them so many more options and so many more ways to get you out of position to make their shot easier. So this is the shot that you should be expecting and the off the water shot is what a field player will resort to if they just don't have the time or space. So this is always gonna kind of be your initial read. Again, you start out in your classic 45 degree angle base as they're in that transition to offense. As they get closer and as they reach that six meter line, you drop your hips to a vertical position again. Your hands get lighter, but you're still gonna use them to skull. 
Your legs are still doing the bulk of the work, but you're going to use your hands a little bit. Because they're going to drop their hips and get into a classic shooting position, you're going to need to continue that light school. You, know, you, you will come slightly out of the cage, a little forward, not too much. You're improving your angle, but if you come out too far too soon, the lob shot is now wide open. You know, again, we're not, we don't want to make the mistakes. We don't want to give them too much of a clue of our body position. So don't come out too far too soon. You come out a little bit so you can cover everything. You're also going to keep this light school to help you in your vertical base if they want to fake or if they're going to move laterally. You know, it's easier to move laterally with a shooter when you can egg beater and skull at the same time. And I can't emphasize this enough. Your legs are doing the bulk of the work. If you're too heavy on your hands, they're just gonna one pump you and you're gonna to sink too much and they're just gonna put the ball wherever they want. Holding this vertical base allows you to get a little extra on your lunge and cover the corners a little bit better and be able to weight out those fakes a little bit. The dilemma is if they get too close, if they're at four meters or coming in. Now, this, is, this depends on how quick and how strong your legs are. For my college goalies, and you'll see this at the higher levels as well, their legs are already strong. You know, they've been working hard on them. So they'll come up again in that neutral position like they would for a quick off-the-water shot. Even though the field players dropped their hips and brought the ball up, they're just so close that they have to get those hands up and be ready for any shot at any moment. There's just not enough reaction time to leave their hands down. But again, they have the length strength to hold this position for a couple fakes or maybe even longer. And obviously, the longer the goalies can hold it, the more rushed the shooter gets because they weren't prepared for a goalie to stay up that high or stay as high as them as they're trying to take their shot. And now you have defense closing them out and they feel pressure and they rush a shot. And if their hips are down and it's inside that four meters and you got to bring your hands up, again, you're bringing them back into that neutral position so that you can react to the shot and shoot your hands and shoot your arms and lunge where that ball goes. You're going to react to that shot. And just like playing off the water, when they go into this position with their arms out, they're not at their maximum height. And even when they're scoring, they're not at their maximum height. They have some reserves left over to add into their lunge or to build up a little bit more into the height if they have to. If they get too high too soon, the shooter can just wait for them to sink or just give an effective fake and get them to sink a little bit and those hands go deeper and that ball goes right by them. Common theme, I've said it many times, we want to get the shooter to make the mistakes, not us. Now, if you don't have that sort of leg strength, you may need to play this situation with your hands still in that light scoring position so you can get enough power in your lunge to make a save. But you have to have quick reflexes and you must be able to track that ball well. And what I mean by that is you've got to keep your eyes open and you got to keep your eyes on the ball. You're not turning your head, you're not closing your eyes, you're not just throwing your hands, hoping that you're going to hit something. The other thing, if you don't have the leg strength, let's say you don't have the quick reflexes, then I would default with a hands out position in that close range shot. It's better to be in some sort of position with your hands out and get in front of a poorly placed shot than no hands out and just your face taking up some space. But you need to work on your leg strength pronto and you need to work on your reflexes just as well. As I said earlier in the episode, these are just guidelines. Each situation will be different, but take what I've discussed here and apply them to your practices. Take note when a field player will drop their hips to when they'll go for an off the water shot. Pay attention to their speed, the ball positioning, distance from the defender, distance from you. Do they like putting their hand on top of the ball? 
Do certain players will keep their hand underneath? But the big key to success with a one-on-one, one-on-nobody shot is your leg strength. Having the right leg strength and being in the right position and height throughout the shot and not giving away too much too soon, you're going to force these shooters to make bad shots. You're going to force them to rush a shot or you're just going to force them to shoot the ball into you as you take away angles. And remember, they're supposed to score this. Any miss is as good as a save, and a miss is influenced by your body position and how you approach these shots. If you have any further questions about one-on-nobodies or one-on-ones or leg strength or how to play these, send me an email. It's down in the description. Or send me that audio message, and I'll play it in the show. There's also a Cap7 affiliate link down in the show description. So if you're looking to buy any equipment and you want to support the show, click that link and do your shopping and I get a small commission. There's also a link to directly support the show in there with just a small donation. And please leave a rating and review. Until next time.